right, we're ready to bring in our, our next guest. Excited to have him on here for the first time on FT Live. Jared Kelnick of the Atlanta Braves joining us right now. Jared, great to see you, man. How does that sound, by the way? Does it sound weird or now you're getting used to it? Oh, it sounds awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It does sound He's good, dude. Him, what do you chilling. think about the Atlanta Braves? Obviously, you've watched them from afar. I, I know you're a big baseball guy in general. You know, watch games, highlights, all that uh, before or after your games. What, what have you thought of the way that the Braves organization's been run like? I mean, it's hard not to be a fan. I feel like, you know, I think they do everything I've heard. They do it the right way. And obviously, they're a hell of a team. Um, and I'm just, like, super excited to be a part of it now. Let me ask you this. First time I met you, do you remember uh, where we were? City Field, baby. City Field. Bro. Before you were a uh, uh, Mariner, you were actually a Met. Um, and that was for basically how long? Maybe a month or two? I mean, how long? Yeah, it was, like, it was like three months or something. Three months. Now, let me ask you this. You get drafted. You're excited. You're like, man, I'm going to be a New York Met. Three months later, you get traded. I want you to tell the people. What went through your mind, how you felt, the conversations you had? Like, this is stuff people need to know. Like, the, the difficult part about playing this game. Yeah, baseball is fun, but you could sweep you right from under that rug in a heartbeat. So, explain to me your thoughts and what went through. I, I blame myself because you met me and then you got traded. So, I apologize. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, well, it was actually it was crazy because I remember when I was with New York, they had me go out to Florida for this, like, it was like all the like guys that had just gotten drafted. There was a camp or something. And all the coaches and stuff, we were down there. And one of the nights, we had all went out to dinner. And we were at dinner. And I remember looking up at the TV. And, like, it was, like, breaking news. Like, it was just, at like, it was announcing that there was a possible trade. And I kept seeing my name up there. And I'm, like, I'm looking around at everyone at the table. Like, is anyone else seeing this? And then... Uh, my, I remember my parents were calling me They're like, Hey, like we're reading that you're probably going to get traded. And I was like, yeah, I mean, my agent's telling me no way. It never happens the first, you know, the same year you get drafted, you don't get traded. So I was like, just don't worry about it. Well, then I, I remember I flew home like the next day and it was everywhere that it was going to happen. And I was like, you know, I think this is, has got more traction than I, we believe. And uh, yeah. And then I had, got, I actually found out on Twitter at the time first nice that's a great that's a great way to find out you don't find out from somebody else you find out on your twitter feed when you refresh that's super yeah what could you have done differently in your long stint with new york but mostly in your seattle stint what could you have done differently to be more successful to stay there longer but on that same hand what could they have done differently for you, both organizations? Yeah, I think um, one thing that I feel like I could have done a better job of was um, is probably controlling my emotions better. I mean, obviously, I had the the um, the cooler incident, uh, but you know, that's definitely something that has completely changed not only like my baseball career around, but like just the way my, I view my life now. So as bad as that was, it was great. But I would say the biggest thing is understanding the things that I can and can't control a little bit better. I, I think that when, you know, you get drafted, um, everything kind of happens pretty fast. And it did for me, I, 
you know, I got drafted in 18, went through three levels in 2019. 2020 was a wash, and then I was up in the big leagues in 21. And so everything kind of, you know, just happened so quickly. And I was always just looking forward to, you know, getting to the big leagues. And as all of us baseball players are, you just you dream about that, and that's what you work for every single day. And I don't think I did a good job of, like, truly being where my feet were and enjoying where I was, regardless if it was, you know, Little Rock, Arkansas, or Chicago, Illinois. And um, that's something that I, like, look back on that I wish I would have done a little bit better of was just enjoy where I was at and enjoy the people that I was playing with because, I mean – Seattle from top to bottom, like the guys over there, the players, they are like, they're my homies. Like they are some good people. Um, And then the second half to that question, um, I don't know. I just, you know, when I was over there, I never, I just never felt truly like myself. Um, And that's not, that's not part like, fully to blame on that organization like uh, you have a choice at the end of the day and of who you want to be and um, I think that my time there there was a lot of things that I needed to learn and I just don't think that um, I just don't think I when my time with them I wasn't the role that they had me in or whatever the what they were trying to teach me what just wasn't I wasn't in the right place to hear it, I don't think. Let me, let me ask you this. That's some deep stuff right there, bro. And, you know, it, t- it's, it takes a tough man to even explain that <clears throat> and get that off their chest because it took me a while to figure it out, too, taking those 0 for 4 days. And, all right, yeah, the boys are going to go do something. I don't want to do something, man, I'm, uh, because of how I played or whatever happened. I'm not saying that's – it was just an example. I'm not saying that's what you did. But my next question to you, didn't you had an 0 for – a lot during your early career, right? It went, what was that? Zero for what? I don't remember. I don't honestly don't even remember, but like, yeah. I, would, I think it was like 40 something. Yeah. So I, I had the same kind of thing. I was 0 for 31. I was about to break the Cincinnati red record. My second year playing baseball, Dusty Baker brings me in the manager. He says, dude, they're looking for a new third baseman. I said, holy shit. I said, okay, what, what's next? He goes, you need to step up. I ended up doing well after that. But there's always that moment in your career where it's like eye-opening. And, you know, for you, there was a couple of them. And, you know, how did you deal with something like that? And you eventually you got sent down, right, if I recall. And then uh, you had to work your way back up. That's a tough thing to do. Talk to us about that a little bit and uh, who, who you talked to and uh, what you tried to do to get back on your feet there. Yeah, I mean, I – I was in a a terrible spot, like going through that, Um, you know, as a young guy, you you get to the major leagues. And I believe that, uh, you know, it isn't until you get there where it's like, it's kind of an intimidating thing. A lot of the guys you're playing against now, you've seen them on TV, you've heard about the stuff they've done, you hear about the money that they're making, like, it's just all that stuff adds into and it creates like a lot of individual distractions and so for me I remember when I went through that felt like my whole life was falling from underneath me and uh, I actually um, like it took me a while I feel like but I started to I got once I got to a place that I when I was ready 
I started to lean on kind of my family, uh, a psychologist as well, to kind of just better um, my thought process and the things that I was thinking. And this, like, this didn't just happen right after that 0 for 40 or whatever. Like, it took me about two years to get to a place where I was like, yo, I got to I got to get better at this because, you know, I work my tail off in the, in the weight room, in the cage. Um, I mean, you guys know the day-to-day stuff that it takes to be, a, you know, a major league baseball player, but I never felt like I put enough work into, you know, my thoughts and like kind of what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And so like all of those little things, like the 0 for 40, I want to say it was 0 for 41, but I don't, it could have been 0 for 49. I'll just say that. Um, I, and then like the cooler incident, like I had a lot of shitty things happen. There's no two ways about it, but like, I, I felt like I got to a place where I started to like dissect those things from afar. And I started to like pick up positive things that came from them. And that didn't come from me. Like that came from just like working with, um, you know, uh, professional and people in general. And so that was one of the things that to answer your question of how did I like get back up on my feet? I tried to like, it's all about like how you look at things because stuff's going to happen in life and it sucks. But like, if you can look at it through a positive lens, I think it makes you a lot happier. Oh, for 42. If you were wondering, we just, we just solidified it. It was <laughs> over for 42. 42. I, I know if I said over 41 and it was like over 48, people are like, he's trying to, no, I like that. So <laughs> I like that. No, no, you you hit it perfectly. And believe me, I know. I two year, one year, I, I went to two different teams and started 0 for 15 with both teams in the big leagues. That's a quick way to get yourself fired. All you did was get yourself traded to a World Series team later on in your in your career. My question is, which which are you closer to? Are you closer to the April Jared Kelnick, or are you closer to the quote oh he had a bad second half but reality is you're coming back from a broken foot so which are you closer to and which one can we count on for next season yeah I I so to answer your question I I'm feeling great right now um I I feel like I I would say I'm I'm closer better than I was in April like I'm not gonna sit here and say well you know I I'm gonna I'm gonna hit 15 home runs in the first month of April or anything like that, or have produced better numbers. But when it comes down to just how my body feels and, you know, how I'm doing up here and the way that my swing is feeling right now and kind of the, the key points that I have in my swing, I think right now is probably uh, is better than the April version of myself, which is honestly encouraging because like, you know, I, I had a really good start to the season last year, and I know what I'm capable of doing, and I know that, like, I can do it, you know? Yeah, you definitely can do it because you proved it. Not just like, well, he's a prospect who has all this. You've done it. You've proven it. And yeah. now? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no doubt. Like, I, I have done it, but it's like I, I'm – now it's like, well, you got to do it consistently. Like, I haven't done – I haven't had the true, I don't believe anyway, I haven't had a true, like, you know, I haven't had a season yet that I know I'm capable of doing for 162 games. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is uh, now being with uh, an organization that is truly going to allow me to do that. 
And um, like, it's, it's definitely refreshing to have that sense of communication. And, um, but no, like, I don't want it to go like unsaid. Like I got to go out and earn it too. Like I got to go out and compete and I got to, you know, produce. That's just, that's the name of the game. And I'm going to go and do that. And you're in a lineup that already has a bunch of studs. How much does that feel like a weight off? Or does that feel like, oh, I got to I gotta be as good as these guys have been for their entire career joining a lineup with, you know, three to four MVP candidate hitters every, every, every day that they're playing in that lineup? Yeah, it's definitely – it's so exciting for me because, uh, like you just said, to be uh, placed in a lineup with, you know, those type of horses is definitely going to be super fun for me because I um, – I love to learn and I'm really interested to kind of just sit back and watch what they do, ask questions along the way. But then also I think it's important for me to the things that I maybe pick up on whatever they do or say, I kind of implement it into who I am. I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to try to be like Ronald Acuna. I'm not going to go there and try to be like Matt Olson. I'm not going to go there and try to be like, you know, um, Austin Riley. Like, I'm just not going to do that because then I'm like <coughs> setting myself up for failure there and they're their own players. And that's what makes them the best in the game. And I know what I'm capable of doing, but if I can learn from those guys and able to like be the best version of Jared Kelnick that I can be, then, you know, that's right where I want to be. And like, I, I know it sounds like so cliche because like I've heard that from so many different people, but like, I truly believe that, that as long as I go into this experience and this journey with this team about like, you know, it, it's okay to listen and ask questions and pick things from them because they are super successful and they're one of the best to do it. But like, I, I got to be my own player at the same time. That's what's going to make me great. So what was that phone call like with Alex Anthopoulos and anyone else that you want to share with Atlanta, Jared, when you end up getting traded? Because Anthopoulos is one of the best interviews. He's real. You know, he doesn't do the vanilla stuff like some of the GMs do. And he said this was the only prime position player that Atlanta was targeting this offseason. That's how highly they think of you. And obviously, they're pretty set at most positions. This was the one spot that they were looking at. So what was that combo like? And what did he say? Because it didn't sound like he said right off the jump, like, oh, we have all these changes. He's like, we just want him to be him here and see how that goes. Yeah. Well, it was very similar to kind of your interpretation of him. Like, it was just, uh, it was super refreshing because it was just a no bullshit kind of mentality. Like, he just said, here's how, here's the situation here's how we value you. We, this is what we think of you. And we look forward to getting to know you more along the way. And we know that you're, you're going to enjoy it here. And I come from a family where it's like a no bullshit mentality too. Like I'm not afraid of the truth and I can hear it. Just tell me. And uh, so to hear that right away, it was like, I knew after that first conversation, I was like, this is, this is going to be good for me. Like, this is going to be great. Dude, that's awesome. All right, I want to take you back. I have a question here that's going to take you back to some history, but then also spin it forward to how the game has actually changed in a really positive way. So you are part of a case study. I'm sure you know about this, right? But young players are getting called up earlier than ever, and there's some dudes that are ready to go in the bigs, and now teams are incentivized to call them up. 
which is cool, right? Because for me, I didn't play. These guys, the rest of these guys on this show all played. I'm a fan. I want to see the best players play. Chris Bryant was the famous story. People overlook, Jared. You're crushing it in the minors. I know you hadn't been there for a ton of time. They throw an extension offer at you. Kevin Mather, the president, comes out and says they would have called you up if if you took the extension. Dude, you're, you were a young guy at the time. That's a lot to take on. And it did actually lead to narrative on the union side to eventually say this is getting out of control. They're messing with young kids and putting pressure on them to take money. And so now we did see some rule changes in the game. So I don't know how much you remember from that, but is it at least cool to see that you were part of a system that eventually did change? Just like free agents, right, of the past. You always hear from the older guys, like, we fought for you guys. You didn't even have to, quote, fight, but you were part of a case study that led to a better game now. Yeah, so I I remember like when all that went down and uh it was like I had talked I kind of touched about it a little bit that like there's a lot of individual distractions and when I first like came into the league, I didn't know right from left. Like I had so much just bullshit going on in my life. And when you had like the whole extension thing, you had like our president saying one thing and then, you know, the organization's telling you one thing, but you you feel like what they're telling you is not what you truly believe. Like, and then you have to go out there and perform at one of the youngest guys in the league at the time. Like, I just remember calling my parents. I'm like, man, this is not what I thought it was. Like, this is tough. And um, it's, it sucked. And so to see guys like, you know, um, like Julio is a prime example, like, right. He was like one of the, probably the first one, I think once that rule was set in place that like to incentivize having guys in the league, like that dude, that dude's a star and he's going to be forever because I mean, that dude, he came onto the scene right when he should have been, he should have been in the big leagues when he was. And he was able to, I mean, granted he like, he struggled like in the first like month or so or whatever, but you know, everybody does. Um, but then he like was able to just get so comfortable and it was super cool to see like someone that was kind of on the other side of it. And, uh, and that's why, like, I think that he's having the success. I mean, granted the guy's like unbelievably talented, like that's just given, but just seeing the comfortability factor of him coming to an organization and have the opportunity that he did and then him really take advantage of it. I think it's just like, it's so good for the game. And it's so good for guys like even the minor leagues and guys that are about to probably get, or that are going to get drafted uh, to like kind of follow in those footsteps and see some of the things that he did that maybe they would have done differently or, you know, what they what he did that they would like to incorporate, I guess. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I, w- I want to go back to when you were with the Mariners. So Jerry Depoto, he's from actually my neck of the woods. or I'm from his neck of the woods, however you want to take it. Um, he basically had some comments about 54%, you know, basically saying, you know, that's the percentage that you need to do. Um, I, I don't know. I, it was kind of confusing to me at the time. Have you talked to Jerry before and, uh, had conversations with him at all? Uh, while I was there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, Jerry, he had called me when I got traded and the, the last time I had talked, spoken to him was maybe I saw him once uh, when I was walking off the field after batting practice. And like, I just said, Hey, how you doing? And we talked a little bit, but uh, no, there isn't much communication there. Um, I, uh, 
Yeah, I didn't talk to him much. <laughs> no, listen, that's a simple answer. It's hard. You know, some, some GMs are all over the place. Some GMs stay behind the scenes. Some don't do much on anything. And we all know all oh, those yeah. three types. I, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I know. I think everybody has their, their way of doing things. Um, but, you know, one thing that I do know is that, like, I, when I was on here, I wanted to say, like, how much I appreciate, like, this, this podcast because you guys are former players and you guys, you know, you have, like, you get it. Like, you guys played, you know, the right questions to ask, you know, like, the right emotions that the guys have. And the thing is, is that, like, you guys can talk to players. And I've heard former players tell me this. I've heard current players tell me this. Like, the t your teammates will never lie to you. They'll tell you how it is. And so it's like, for me, again, this is just me. If I'm a GM or if I am running a team, my biggest thing is, like, I would want to, I would want to pick the brains of the guys that are on my team because they're, gonna, they're not going to lie to me. They're going to tell me how it is. And uh, again, I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm not saying that's the wrong way. I'm not saying nope. anything that people do or I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that you guys get it. You guys understand that like in the clubhouse, those guys have your back and they'll tell you how it is. And uh, I just I, I would I would hope that GMs lean on their players because I think it can be really valuable. Well, granted, it doesn't hey, hey. always happen. Yeah, no. Hey, 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 Alex Anthopoulos, he's he's that guy for you. So that's what you're looking. That's what you're looking for, and you should as a player because you're a pro and you want to go out there and do your best. That dude will help you unlock your best. Now you still no talk doubt. to your you still talk to your ex teammates from Seattle, right? Yeah. You feel bad for any of them when when you hear a comment like fifty four percent, and you were in that locker room, you were hot in April, you broke your foot, you had the emotions, you had everything, you guys grinded right up until the end. You feel bad for any of those guys in the sense that like maybe they're going to have to band more together as a team and not necessarily look for like outside sources to help them get over that hump, get over that threshold and win a World Series? Yeah, well, you know, I, I kind of keep coming back to it, but like I remember like – what I the comments like the fifty four percent thing or the um, like even the even the um, like another one I can think of is like the the prime Babe Ruth thing, like it. Our the whole goal is to eliminate all of the distractions and BS that comes with playing in the big leagues. So like if you can simplify it for the players as much as you possibly can. I think it's going to, you're going to get the most out of your guys. And I think that when you have stuff like that happen, or like the comment about the 54%, the prime Beirut, you're bringing unwanted, unneeded attention to the team. And then it kind of sets a, a form of like maybe pressure, if you want to call it that, because they're like, I mean, granted, we were, we were terrible. Like we were not playing well last, the first like two months of the season. Like we, we were off to a really bad start and we had a really talented team. We all knew what we were capable of. We had such a good clubhouse. And when something like that happens, it's like, well, you know, now we're thinking about that. We're not thinking about, okay, like how, what do I need to do to get better? Like we're thinking about something that's not even baseball related. And, you know, again, who am I to say 
what should be said and who like what should be said. Like, I just think that what I what I feel bad for is like is that is for like the guys that are playing with you know that unwanted attention. Like they don't. I know those guys. Like they don't want that. They want to come in and they just want to play baseball. Every single guy wants to play baseball. Like, we all love the game. We don't want to deal with the bullshit questions about what was said. And, Jared, that's spot on because I can tell you this, being part of the media, and it's not like, you know, I worked for the league for a long time for their media. It's not like my job is to go in there and be annoying and trying to get some salacious story. But at the same time, you know the first question every single Seattle Mariner is going to get in spring training. They're going to get asked about those comments. So that's what you're talking about. Where they want the first question, if there was nothing to kind of pick on, they want even even their offseason is kind of weird, right? Even that, like, that's not the same in terms of an obligation. A media member is either going to be like, hey, what'd you work on? And, you know, kind of the fun, good stuff. But now they all are going to go to them for the first day and be like, 54%, your thoughts. Like, it, it's going to stick. It creates a really negative mantra. Yeah. And like, you just don't, as a organization, as a team, like that's just not, you're wasting your energy on something that isn't focusing on winning the game and like winning a championship. You, like mm-hmm. if, if everyone's not swimming in the same direction, you're not going to win. Like it's, it's, I know it's not that black and white, but it kind of is like, if you focus on just doing your job and what do I need to do to make, be the best baseball player and probably the best teammate that I can be, as long as if you have an entire clubhouse of guys doing that, like those are the teams that win. No doubt. Kratz, you're loving this, right? Facts. This is what Kratz talks about all the time. He's been in the game and, for and, a billion years. And another thing is like, just be transparent. Like I can't stand like the, just like the bullshit. Like just <laughs> be transparent, you know, just say come how it is. Like Come from the guy that got, Traded two months into signing, man. I mean, shit. He, yeah. He, he was ready to go right after that. He understands. This is crazy. Yeah. I just like, I I love transparency because then you, it's like, a, it's a respect thing, you know? And us baseball players, as much as like we hate to like admit it, we understand that it's a business. But at the same time, like you have, like there's so many like good, well-rounded dudes that can handle that stuff. And I think it would just make the game so much easier if it was just just transparent, you know? That's why some of the older managers have become in vogue again because they're more real and they'll just sit you in the office and be like, here's the deal, dude. I'm, I'm only going to platoon you. Or, hey, you're not hitting well right now, so I got to sit you versus the, oh, we'll see, and then you show up and you get a surprise in the lineup. Right, Kratz? I mean, that's why some of these guys, he's about to join one here too, right? Nothing to do with the, the past teams, but I'm saying like Brian Snicker was in the minor leagues for a long time and he told it like it is to the minor league dudes and then he's just – chilling telling you what's up right in the major league club now i think why i think go ahead oh sorry no go ahead go ahead i just think that like i was like reading this book before and they they talk about how just consistency and transparency is like as a parent is like one of the most like important traits to have and so like if you look at a manager or a head coach of a team like you're a parent of 26 however many guys right it doesn't even matter the sport you're setting the example you're setting the bar everything and so if you are just consistent every single day when you show up to the ballpark you're transparent the guys know what they're going to get every single day it's the same schedule every single day it's a new city every three days uh 
it's the same game. But when you have the inconsistency and the lack of transparency, it creates a lot of anxiety and stress for the guys. And then you're not getting the most out of your players. And so it makes it that much harder to perform. And like you guys know, like the game is tough. It is so tough. So like, it's just being, being real. Yeah, I love it, dude. And it needs to be talked about more. And we talk about it a lot. So let's finish with this on the Brave side, okay? So you're going to play in the outfield with Acuna. Chris Sale just got traded to the team. We we know all the big names. Who are you most excited to meet or say hi to, have a dinner with, spend some time in the clubhouse? Or, you know, I know you don't want to necessarily pick favorites. Just somebody you're you're curious to have a conversation with that you've been looking pick forward favorites. to yeah. talking to. Or, pick or favorites. Oh, you can pick yeah. favorites. It's yeah. okay. Be real. It's not like you're going to offend all these if you're like, yeah, I want to talk to Acuna first, you know? Don't say Tripper yeah, Jones. Either. Go ahead. I, I, I'm really looking forward to um, – being teammates with Matt Olson, I've had some conversations with him at first base when he was in Oakland and when even when he was with the Braves, we played him last year. And, uh, you know, I've I only know him like to that extent. I haven't gone out to dinner or anything like that, but I've heard nothing but great things. Um, he is one of the best in the game. And um, I uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, lacing up the cleats and be on the same field as that guy. I like that. Yeah, that dude's a keeper. And they knew that really early on. Well, Jared, thanks for the praise for the show. Obviously, we've been looking forward to having you for a while. This was kind of perfect time and getting settled in with the new squad here in the offseason. So we appreciate you. And I'll say this, and I'm sure Kratz will probably follow what I'm saying, but when you come on and you talk like you just did the way you do for, for 20 minutes, it relates with fans too. And, you know, I know obviously we don't take up anyone's time too much. We talk to like a guy for maybe a few times a year. It helps for people to resonate, probably change someone's perspective. That's a young player, right? Kratz, you say this better than I do, but you know what I'm talking about. Just be real, dude. You hit it. You hit it. So you articulated it so well, just be real. And sometimes being real, is different. My real is different than your real, but I, I didn't go through the things that you went through. I lived close to Waukesha. You know, I lived <laughs> out in Wisconsin. That's about as close as we got to a connection, but you're in the big leagues at 20, 21 years old. Like we, we don't all have connections, but you're exactly right that you need to be real in baseball because that's what I was fortunate to be able to do for 19 years. But I think it's just in life. You're exactly right. Like, go out, be who you are. And it might rub some people the wrong way. But ultimately, if you have the right heart out there, you're going to be the best teammate, best son, best husband, best brother, whatever it is. And I, I love that. I love everything you said. Yeah. Again, I just want to say last thing before we close it out is, like, I, I genuinely do appreciate what you guys do, being, like, baseball guys and, like, actually talking to people. Like, it's – I mean, you guys know when you talk to when someone puts a microphone in your face or sits down, like you always, your guard kind of goes up like, oh, like, what could I say? Like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But like, I feel like, you know, being on here for like 25, 20 minutes, whatever it was, like there was a definitely like a comfortability side because you guys like get it. And like, that's why I think it's doing so well. So Thank I you, appreciate dude. it. Thanks, and I know, I know a bunch of other guys do too. So like, I, I, I'm speaking for a bunch, not just me. I got. I gotta also say. I meant to say this at the beginning, dude. Big flex by you on the whole background too. By the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. got the feng shui. I, 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 
I opened the, my camera and it's like wide view and I'm like, oh Jesus. So then I, and, but I didn't want to be this close either. <laughs> hey, big flex. Hey, flex has happened. Yeah, flex has happened. Yeah. Humble, humble flex. It wasn't meant for that. Hey, okay. Flaherty okay. was in the what? The Lambo or something? He was last in the Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> it he, was trying, he was trying to cover it up. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, Jared, great. Uh, appreciate you again, dude. Keep crushing it this offseason. We'll see you in spring training. All right, man? Right. Sound good, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Jared Kalnick joining us of the Atlanta Braves. Really good stuff there. Solid. Awesome. Solid. Yeah. And just obviously, you know, that's why we're doing this every single day and bringing on players every single day and and just chilling, you know. I know Kratz lights up because when we spoke about this before it started, he's like referring to the conversations like this, right, with Kelnick. Totally. And it's a, yeah. it's a guy that it, unless you're in Seattle and I don't know, you know, he even kind of said it, like that microphone goes in front of your face and you're like, yes, I really enjoyed playing. You know, I didn't I didn't hit the ball very well today. You saw emotion out of this guy after he broke his foot, the day after he kicked the cooler, and he's he's crying in the dugout. And you're gonna get some negative feedback, you're gonna get some, well, you know, this and that, but he's just being honest. And this is the kind of stuff that is what I think this show and this sport needs. Not just this show. This show is just a conduit it's just a avenue that i think players that i hope players can use because we're all humans we're all humans like corbin burns he likes fishing he hangs out with hater you know kelnick was a 21 year old that had been traded from the organization that drafted him three months before and he's in the big leagues and he's being honest like you know what it's kind of tough to learn when you're up in the big leagues but that's what i had to do i love it Picked up a lot of fans too, like I was saying, Top Father. In the chat, everyone's like, love this guy, you know? And I'm sure you'll see it afterward too. They're like, damn, this dude's cool, right? Like, I wish, yeah, Seattle fans, I wish I got to know him more, right? Mm, so, solid. Hey. Like I said, solid dude, yeah. articulate, and he gets it, man. At a young age, that's A plus for him. Yeah. I mean, hey, when, when I did like the cookie cutter interview sometimes and the players would even tell me afterward, I'm not going to say anything. And I, I was crumbling inside. So <laughs> 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 a little inside my life. Not that anyone cares.